via YouTube, uh, Facebook, and uh, the uh, Ayers Christian Center website at www.arcc.org. Uh, we welcome everybody. I know this is a little different flow and a little different time because uh, we all can't be uh, here at the church building, but we believe we will have some time in the Word right now to really um, just hear from the heart of God, hear what He has to say uh, during this time. And we're not during this particular time. We, you know, we trust God. We trust His flow. So everything is not going to be customized around uh, some of the things that's going on out there. And some of the things will be totally fitting and perfect. Uh, I do want to say that uh, we we posted that we would be uh, in real time. And because of some uh, technical difficulties, because of uh, how things are being shipped and products and different um, systems, uh, we had somewhat of a delay. Um, so uh, this is not actually in real time. Uh, th this was done uh, a little bit earlier, and made, we made sure we timed it so uh, we can have our same worship time as we normally would do. Uh, so uh, hopefully this is a blessing to you. Please take your notebooks out, um, get your pads out, uh, write down things, and uh, stay dialed in. I know some of you are at home, and you could easily be distracted by, you know, uh, you know that pot of coffee that you have on. Uh, some of you got some some eggs cooking right now. So try to take this time out and to 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 give God your undivided attention, so you can lock into what He has to say. All right, so let's pray. And we'll get, get into what God wants to talk to us about today. Well, Father God, I decrease that you may increase. I know this is uh, a customized word that you've uh, earmarked and designed for us to get today. Lord, so let it be all of you, none of me. Uh, let your presence saturate, uh, not just me, but even the, the hearers. Uh, let your word penetrate the, the airways and the channels, uh, the hearts and the minds of all your people. Uh, Lord, we believe signs and wonders will work with your word. We, we believe your same uh, abiding or your same uh, power, peace, and presence in this, in this sanctuary right now will flood all those homes and offices and cubicles and some people sitting in their cars or uh, whatever. Some people on their phones, whatever uh, means of media people are using, we believe, Lord, uh, they'll... they'll, they'll be transformed from their space into your place. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, let's get into the word. Uh, the word that we have for today, of course, is heart seeds. Heart seeds. Uh, it's uh, uh, something that God really wants to talk to us about. And I think it'll be, uh, I think it'll be, I think it'll be pretty interesting. I know it was interesting to me as I was. Studying it, studying it through. All right, so let's uh, go here to. Uh, I think we want to start in Matthew 12. Yeah, let's start with Matthew 12, and we'll get into this. Read some some passages of Matthew 12, Matthew 13. We're gonna spend some time in Matthew today, anyway. Eventually, later on, a little later on, we'll be in Matthew 6. Alright, so Matthew chapter 12, and we're going to hit verse 33. Matthew 12, 
It reads this. It says, uh, either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt. For the tree is known by his fruit, O generation of vipers. How can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. Speaketh for a good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth good things, and the evil man out of the evil treasures of his heart, uh, out of out of, I'm sorry, and the evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. So this is basically saying, uh, okay, we're known by our fruit what we produce, but what we produce is generated from our heart, you know. And I know a lot of times, you know, in this culture. Uh, in our lifetime, we're trained so much to uh, to lean to on our own understanding, lean on our head, lean on our uh, what someone else is say, saying. But really, how we operate, no matter if we are playing off of what someone's saying, or we're playing off of what someone's doing, or playing off of what we were talk or what we read on the news or, or what's being flooded through media or what tradition in our families have said, no matter what happens, we're still really living out of our heart. Some, some of us are living out of our heart intentionally and some of us are living out of our heart uh, subconsciously and we don't even realize it, right? Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak, but also we operate out of this same heart abundance. Let's drop, let's go over here to Matthew 13 set a little more of a foundation for what we're going to talk about Matthew 13 and this is the parable of the wheat and the tares so uh, verse 24 says another parable another parable now now I'm sorry just let me just give you a little background so before we get to this particular parable Jesus was talking about how you know basically that word is being sown in our heart and it says uh, some of the word is being sown in our heart. Some of it is uh, the word is sown in our heart and Satan takes some of it immediately. It says, uh, it says when people are offended, he takes the word away immediately. And then some is on stony ground. It says the word takes some root because the whole, the whole point of God's seed of the word is he's trying to sow it in our heart. He doesn't want to... It, he doesn't want it just in our head. He, he doesn't want us just to know about it, but he wanted it, it, it to be generated in our heart where it's a part of our default. And so it says, it's on, it, when our heart is hard, it hits stony ground. It doesn't really take root. And it says, you know, when um, persecution or affliction arises for the word's sake, people are offended. Um, and then it says, uh, in some cases, some of the word is sown and, and it, it takes root. People receive it with gladness, almost like with a zeal. Uh, you know, that, when that scripture says receive it with gladness, with a zeal. Uh, it's almost like a, okay, okay, okay kind of reception. Not a stop, hearken, listen with the intent to obey, process, reflect where I am with this word, reflect am I lined up with this word, and reflect what adjustments and changes Hopefully we'll get to that today. We might not. Changes I have to make to harmonize with this word. Now the, the gladness is almost like, okay. And it says, uh, when the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things enter in, it chokes the word, and it becometh unfruitful. This is the key. Anything God sows in our heart, its intent is to produce fruit. Anything God sows in our heart, the intent is to produce fruit. So it's not, I know, I know, I know, something... Uh, 
you know, my young son, when he was teenagers, I know, I know, I know. Well, again, well, you keep hearing from your dad, not because you, you're saying you know, because what you're applying in terms of fruit doesn't line up as if it's uh, taking root in your heart. All right, so, so keep that in mind, because that was the, the, the breakdown or the foundation before Jesus gets into this parable of the wheat and the tares. Let's start here at verse 24. Verse 24. There's another parable put he forth unto them saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which soweth good seed. Good seed. Now, if there's good seed, then there's what? Bad seed. Right. It says, which soweth good seed in the field. But when men, now it didn't say he slept. It says when men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares or weeds or corruption among the wheat and went and went his way and when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit then appeared the tares also so the with the with the uh, the pure and the and, and the refined and the good fruit uh, bad fruit showed up too right and it says so the servants of the house Holder came and said unto him, Sir, this not thou so good seed in thy field? From whence then has hath uh, it tears? Like so, so where's these? Where's this corruption? Where's these weeds? Uh, why are they processing this? Didn't they sit in the same building in the same service and get the same word? Why are they operating differently? And he said unto them, An enemy has done this. The servant said unto him. Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? In other words, should we rip them out right now? You know, in the process of growing in church, is something I learned. You know, people see people uh, that may not always have the right motive or may have gotten clouded or deceived. And their thought is, oh, let's just rip them up out of the frame. But this scripture is going to tell us the instructions, he said. But verse 29, he said, But he said, Nay, lest while ye gather up the tares, you root up also the the wheat with them. So sometimes um, deception, corruption, and the bad seed grows at the uh, uh, attaches itself to good seed. And if you try to rip out the bad seed, you could damage the good seed. It creates a tear. It's it's so close together. But then the scripture goes on to say, verse thirty: Let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, gather you together first the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. So at that time, they, they, they can easily fall away during harvest time. And I think about the season we're in, and even though it may, uh, it, it looks frustrating in some case, it actually is an opportunity for a harvest. There's a season where God uh, binds up one and actually protects another. All right. So this that's uh, Matthew 12, Matthew 13. Now this whole process of heart seeds, um, God God showed us that His word is a seed. He sows the word in our heart, but it's supposed to produce fruit. But the interesting thing is, if God sows something in seed form, He wants fruit form. So that means what he sows in us, he's expecting to get back later and greater. What he's sowing in us, he's expecting to get back later and greater. And so the interesting thing is that that 
that seeds manifestation always looks greater and grander than its original form and so God sows that in us almost for it to grow up and to to uh, overtake us so we become uh, that fruit uh, from the seeds that were sown so God uh, uh, really has designed us because the scripture says freely has been given to us freely we should give so he sows seeds in us to produce fruit from us but we learn this about seed or fruit uh, it always has uh, uh, life bearing seed in it fruit always has life bearing seed in it fruit good fruit has life bearing seed in it of course bad fruit has corrupted, corrupt, corruptible seed so it has this life bearing seed in it so now if you think about what God is trying to do with us he's trying to use us to produce fruit that has seed in it and he wants us to sow those seeds to produce more fruit because scripture says uh, uh, be fruitful uh, multiply and, and have dominion right no be fruitful multiply and replenish in addition to having dominion in Genesis 1 right so here here you have, we are designed as a seed. Now, the interesting thing is if we go over here to Psalms, let's look at Psalms 112. Psalms 112. A little bit of different flow for me. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. All right, so Psalms 112. Psalm 112. And verse 2. Well, we start verse 1. It says, Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth, or have reverence, uh, that feareth the Lord, that delighteth greatly. Now, now, key word here is greatly in his commandments. So, delighteth greatly in his commandments. Verse 2. It says, His seed. This person has delighted greatly, delighted greatly. Now, delighted greatly is a uh, is a is a passion word. You know, it's not just a regular. See, first of all, he's saying we should delight in the word, all right? So, you know, so again, we already know the word doesn't start out as a delight. You know, a man, one man of God said it starts out as a, a discipline, then a desire, and a delight. We've talked about. You know how you know it starts out as a press, right? You know, uh, you know, then a, a passion, then a pleasure. But here you have uh, his seed. This person, his seed shall be mighty upon the earth, and the generation of the upright shall be blessed. His seed shall be mighty. So the goal is for us to be operating in mighty seed. The goal is for us to be mighty seed or for us to produce or to give out mighty seed. So we're mighty when we're in, when we're passionate or heartfelt. We're mighty when we're passionate or heartfelt. So you're mighty in passion, not in perversion. So passion is heartfelt, heartfelt perversion or twisted or or, or wicked or, or corrupted that's heart failure heart failure we're mighty when we're heartfelt um, we're, we're in perversion when we operate in heart failure so God's thought is for us to 
to, to give out, just like he plants a heartfelt seed in us, he wants us to give out heartfelt seed. See, this is the thing about heartfelt seed, heart seeds. They always produce. Heart seeds always produce. So I was thinking about this, meditating on this, and I was thinking about how, how those heart seeds touch the heart of God. Like, I think when you give from your heart, when you give from your being, when you give all that you have, like, like that touches God's heart. He, 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 it, it moves him. You know, uh, the scripture says Jesus showed up in the town and he was moved with compassion. And so he moved with a, it touched his heart. And he, and, and right after that I said he healed all manner of diseases. Like every disease in any proximity to him. So imagine, then it, it so motivated him for his goal to destroy the works of the devil. So right after he did all that, so they touched his heart. It created a, a, a power in him, a demand for power from God to heal everybody. And it created, it, it also left a residue of motivation for him to move. Oh, no, no, we got to give it all this. So he said, let's go to the other side. And that's when he went and, and uh, took out that hierarchy of dem the demonic activity. We've talked about that before. So, so, but let's talk about planting heartfelt seeds. Let's go to Psalm 126. This is a passage we talk about here at the church quite often, but it'll be good for us to read. See, because I, I think God is, is making some moves. And, and I think uh, we talked about this guy talk this, uh, uh, on Saturday. Uh, we talked about Saturday for you guys would be yesterday. <laughs> so we talked about we talked we were talking about how uh, like you could tell God is placing a demand on us to do something. You know, he was talking about Lewis was talking about how he says, "What are you doing with your time?" You know, he, he was just breaking down like he says, "What are you doing?" He says he you know this conversation uh, me him and Jamal had about just you know you know sometimes you 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 can you got more time. So you could be overconfident. Uh, we've learned this, and uh, I'm sure the Andersons have learned it. Uh, you know, uh, it was amazing how they were further away, but they were here earlier. It's something about I don't have as much time as I I think I have, so it creates an urgency for me to prepare sooner. But when you're closer, you may think you have more time than you do. And you you could prepare you could be tempted to prepare late prepare later. So let's look at that in our lives. Like <laughs> it's amazing. We could be reserve our heart and our heartfelt passion for when we think we need it because we may think we have more time. So we will prepare our heart later. But if we understood the time that we really have, we would be ready now. And uh, we'll get into that in a second. There's something that was stimulated from that conversation and God talk. Let's get into that in a second. Let's get into the scripture. So Psalm 126, it says, When the Lord uh, turned again the, uh, the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, the people that watched us, the Lord has done great things for them. 
now, 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 how do you think the father wants? He wants to everyone around that are not uh, valuing the kingdom, taking the kingdom for granted. He wants them moved by what's happening in our life to a point where they go, man, the Lord has done great things for them. So God wants to do the great things more than us. I was watching this movie and, and uh, I was sharing this earlier. Uh, well, I was sharing this uh, during God Talk. And when I, in the movie, the guy, it was, I guess the guy was an angel. Uh, I don't know. Could have been Jesus. I, I don't know. It was this guy. It was, it was a great movie. And so the young man was really going through a lot. So this guy was working on their farm. And he sat down. He said, it had nothing to do with the conversation. He said, God has not forgotten about you. So he was sitting down. And he said, he said man, God has not forgotten about you. He said, but then he explained why God didn't forget. He said, God chose you. You didn't choose him. And so, and then it went to the next scene. But that kept ringing in my ear because I was talking to somebody else this week and I said, listen, God wants to manifest these supernatural things, these wonderful things in your life more than you do. Like you, you're almost like, I hope God do this for me. And God is saying, I hope you position yourself to be prepared to handle what I want to do for you. Because I've already said it before the foundations of the world. Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. These are not evil thoughts to bring you an expected end. God wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. Right? Like God wants to, you know, he came that we might have life and have more abundantly. Like God wants to move in these, uh, in, uh, you know, Isaac. Think about Isaac. Uh, I think about in uh, I know uh, Isaac Darnell you probably thought I was talking about you uh, but <laughs> but uh, in Genesis 26 it says he sold in the time of famine and received a hundredfold well what do you think the people were saying like wait a minute that's Isaac who's always talking about God who's always lifting up God uh, that's Isaac who who was lifting up God and people was laughing at him you know, at the job, you know, uh, he's a joke. He's the religious dude. But no matter what, he's not moved by what people say. He stands his ground on what he believes. And in a time of famine, look at what God has done. Man, God's doing great things for him. So I, want, I wanted to slip that in there. You know, this, I know I kind of got caught up in that particular part of the scripture. Verse 5, it says, they that sow in tears. Shall reap in joy. Now, 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 listen. Sowing in tears is not regular sowing. <laughs> sowing it, and and it, it's basically saying they that gave of whatever they gave, they 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 they, they might have gave their 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 time. They might have gave their 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 trinkets. You know, um, they might gave it. They give it their talents, their ta their time, talents, and trinkets. But whatever they gave. It said that they sold in tears. It cost them. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like, oh, I, can, I can spare this. You know, it cost them. They, listen, they felt it so God was going to feel it. Does that make sense? They felt it so God was going to feel it. So it says, they that sow in tears, look, shall reap in joy. It says, he that goeth forth weeping, bearing, look, 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 precious, bearing precious seed right 
It says, he that goes forth bearing precious seed, right, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. So, 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 so again, precious seed, God has to cost you something. You know, if a person is crying like, ah, this is, this, this is taking everything out of me to give. I think Jesus, when he gave his life for us, that was precious. You know, you think of the anguish, you think of the pain, you think of the, uh, the, the whips, uh, you think of the cross. You think of him just, first of all, it was painful just coming here. The scripture says he became poor that we might be rich. In uh, I believe it's 2 Corinthians 8, 7, you know, poor is, is them that are without. So he gave up all his fullness so that we could, could, could take on God's fullness, be filled with all the fullness of God. Right? So it cost him everything to give his life so we could have a life. I came that you might have life and that more abundantly is what he said. Seemingly abundantly above all we can ask the thing. Well, our cup will run over like David. All right, so, so if you keep that in mind, that's, that's an example of a heart seed, a heartfelt seed. Um, and see, and that was the difference between Cain and Abel, right? Abel gave of his best, you know, so he's out there farming, one was tiller of the sheep and one was, uh, one was keeper of the sheep and one was tiller of the ground, right? And so he gave of his best first, and Cain gave of his leftovers like it didn't really cost Cain anything so, so Cain's offended because God, God received of uh, we'll, we'll see why God received of, of uh, Abel and didn't receive of Cain and, and see so, so Cain he's thrown off he's like well I gave too <laughs> yeah but, but, but see you're going you're gonna to see later on that that it wasn't even on God. Yes, God received it, but it wasn't on God. What happens is God didn't even recognize. So, so, so a thing, I received something that I acknowledge. It's almost like somebody keeps saying they sent me, they sent me something, but they kind of, they put it anywhere. Or they gave it to somebody else and hope I got it. And they go, man, Keith sure is not like, you know, showing any appreciation for that seed. Well, I didn't get it. The person didn't go, didn't do everything they could to make sure I got that seed. They put it around me, but they didn't put it in front of me. And you'll find out Abel's seed, he made sure it was in front of God, right? He made sure it, it got God's attention. Actually, he made sure it touched God's heart. And see, so, so, A lot of times we don't have a heart or passion um, for God's purpose in God's kingdom. And when we have a heart or a passion for it, see, we move God, we place a demand on God to assist. The scripture says if you, uh, let's see, uh, if you pray, let's see, this is the confidence we have in him. If we pray anything according to his will, he hears us and we can have the petitions that we desire. But no, honestly, I, I can see him hearing us because our heart is to make sure we fulfill why we were purpose and design, what we were purpose and designed to do and why we were here. 
So I think about even marriage. Like I think, you know, I think about my lovely wife and I think about just marriage in general. And you know, me and my wife, we do have a passion for marriage. We do a lot of counseling with marriage, marriages. We've married a lot of people. And, you know, we get these, we get, we get these questions now. Sometimes you get it on the front end and one-on-ones and stuff like that. Like, do you think everybody has one person that's for them? You know? And, and then you have some of the people that are, it's hard for them to commit uh, in a lot of cases. Or maybe they're considering something that looks like the grass is green on the other side. Or sometimes they just never really, they just can't see being with this one person. They're like, I, I, you sure? And, and, but the scripture says God created to help me suitable for customize for him and and I want to offer to everybody that that particular help me was designed see because my wife always talks about how how the woman was pulled out of Adam's rib right but but then uh, I noticed as she was taught she she always shares that what does the ribs protect they protect the heart and and the interesting thing is what the Lord showed me was the wife is not designed to validate all that's in the man's head. But she is designed to pull out the desires of his heart. Because sometimes we're dreamers, we'll sit on them. We'll sit on, like we have the desires, we want the desires, but we're not adding that passion to go out and do it. But a woman can't help it, you know, that, you know, that's, my wife is the fire, I'm the focus. But that fire boy make you, it'll put fire in you to actually start. So you ain't going to do that? Why you want to do that? Well, I think you should do that. It's a great idea. You should do that. Well, why don't we just do this so we can get that done? <laughs> right? But what it does is it, 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 it uh, stirs you up to move towards what God purposed you to do. But that, that was actually, I just jumped ahead on that one, but I think that's somewhere in the notes. All right, so we talked about passion for God. So I think a lot of uh, heart seeds are... This might be weird, uh, not weird, but because but I, I just heard this. I think heart seeds are first seeds. So I noticed how Abel gave his first. Like, so, so basically he gave his best. And then he, he, he used that as a, 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 a precious seed to create a harvest to, to continue going forward. And so, so when I think about it, you know, I know the scripture says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So I think when you put God first, you're saying, okay, you have first dibs on my heart towards what you purpose me to do. But I think when we give God's leftovers, we're saying my heart is with you, God, but our heart is really somewhere else. Does that make sense? You know, you know uh, let's look at it from this way. Let's look at Ecclesiastes 11. Uh, let's look at some ways this is articulated in the word. Ecclesiastes chapter 11. No, I'm rolling here, you know, so I got to supernaturally discern when you've gotten to the chapter. <laughs> All right, so let's look at uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 11 and verse 6. Verse 6, we'll just lock in on verse 6. Well, now let's start with verse 1 <laughs> it says cast thy bread upon the waters for thou shalt find it after many days and that's like a 
you know, just faith. I'm going I'm to I'm throw it out there. It says, give a portion to seven and also to eight. For thou knowest not what evil shall be upon the earth. So it's basically saying, you know, remember the scripture says, he that uh, uh, soweth sparingly shall reap sparingly. He that soweth bountifully shall reap bountifully. It says, you know, just, you know, take advantage of every opportunity you can uh, to share your heart, basically. Freely has been given to you, freely you should give. Uh, and then verse three, it says, it says, if the cloud be full of rain and they empty themselves upon the earth, if the tree fall towards the south or towards the north, in the place where the tree falleth, there it shall be. It, it basically saying you have all types of the, well, we don't know if the tree's going to fall this way or that way. Uh, I don't know if it's going to rain uh, this way or that way. So I want to wait for the, the best circumstances. And he further says, he that observeth the wind shall not sow. He that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. Basically, the person that's looking for uh, comfortable circumstances, uh, perfect circumstances. You know what it's saying is it just trust God and just and, and and just give of your heart. Trust God, and and again in everything you do, a lot of times people uh, they go to a job. You know they and the job stimulates uh, uh, thoughts and visions and ideas, and they don't say to themselves, "Man, I got these thoughts and ideas." So what I'm going to do is while I'm building on this idea, I'm going to make sure I'm faithful in another man. So I'm going to make sure I you know. I give my best to this job. But sometimes we think that when God gives us uh, something that we've never seen before, something that's never been done before, we actually think that's all God has. So, so our temptation is to make it more precious. How can I say? Make it more valuable than it is. It is precious, but it's precious seed to reap a precious harvest. It's not for us to just uh, hoard uh, that particular seed, that particular idea, that particular um, uh, a strategy. You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 like God has a million, a trillion strategies. You know, you know. I always tell the story. The first major revelation I got, man, I sat on that thing for the longest. I was like, when I have a a great platform, I'm going to share that. And the Lord had to, He gave it to somebody else. And the Lord, from that day forward, he said, you share whatever I give you, whatever audience you're in. Similar to that scripture. Just give to seven. Give to, like you never know <laughs> what harvest is going to come from that. So I share uh, revelation, insight, uh, uh, time, uh, ideas, uh, you know, wisdom, direction that I hadn't even heard of. Why? Because it's all God's, and you never know what 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 type of impact and harvest He's trying to have for you to do that. And then uh, verse five, it says, "And thou knowest not what is the way of the Spirit, nor how the bones do grow in the womb of her that is with child. Even even so, thou knowest not the works of God, who maketh all. In the morning sow thy seed, and in the evening withhold not thine hand." For thou knowest not whether shall prosper either this or that, or whether they both shall be alike good. So it's saying that you don't know whether it's this or that. You don't know if all of it is going to be what God uses. You know what I'm saying? Like it says, just go ahead. Let it go. Like, you know, that's what's by bountifully. Just go ahead and let it go. Don't, don't be so... You know, tight. You know, tight. I get it. It's a, it's a a season of famine. We we still sowing. We still blessing folk. Go ahead, do that. 
you know, there's, there's some things that we had already established and then now we're in this season and the Lord said, don't stop what you're doing. Don't react to the circumstance. Don't stop what you're doing. I still want you to, to, to be a blessing there. And so, so we have to uh, be obedient. Now, that, that was financially the things the Lord told me to do. I don't know what he's telling you to do. Right? So, so you have to be obedient to whatever he tells you to do. But it says, in the morning sowed I see. So I think, for me, when I read that scripture, when I read that scripture, it says, give of your heart first. Give of your heart first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Now, now, now let's go over to Matthew 6. Again, one of my favorite passages, uh, Matthew 6, we talk my heart seeds. This is a real good gauge of where your heart's at. Now, now here, the, the last verse in Matthew 6.33 is, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all things will be added unto you. So it says, give your heart first to kingdom work. And so God showed me a long time, kingdom work uh, is starts with your two pillars, your communion with God and your covenant with your wife or your spouse if you don't have children with your family. But those are your pillars and then everything else in your life builds on those things. So communion with God, of course, that's, you know, that's abiding in Christ and that's uh, being led by the Holy Spirit. And then your pillars, that's your, uh, your covenant with your wife and your, your, your covenant and your commitment to your family. So you got those two pillars. That's kingdom work first. Now, of course, you know, next in line is, is whatever you do in ministry, church, and things like that. And, of course, whatever endeavor in your jobs and your careers and things of that nature or, or, or your, um, uh, your dreams. Uh, but you got to start with the pillars and then build on that. You can't cheat on those two pillars. And so the Lord told me that's kingdom work first. Do kingdom work first. Right. So again, you got these two pillars and then you sit your foundation on top of that, of course, is whatever, uh, whatever you're doing in the kingdom. All right. Again, that last part is what the Lord has showed to show me. But we know what the kingdom of God is to keep first the kingdom of God. And we were talking about this even in a guy talk. Um, we were talking about how. Again, we got to read. I think this is a time to recalibrate ourselves. Like all the things that we uh, unintentionally or maybe have gotten distracted with has been removed. You know, I don't have time, you know, because, man, I got to get this done. I got to take care of this. I got to be there. I got to do that. Well, a lot of the be there's I got to do that and I got to do this ain't available. Like you can't do these things. So I think this is a good time to recalibrate. We talked about this on Guy Talk. Recalibrate our hearts. Uh, back to being consistent with God because this next wave that's about to happen after um, uh, what we're dealing with right now in the country is going to be so much momentum uh, you, you want your habit or your default to be sowing your heart into the things of God you want that to be your default because sometimes we're we're considering God we talk about God we acknowledge God but God doesn't have our heart and so when we're under pressure, our heart doesn't play off of God first. Our heart plays off of everything else. It's almost like, well, well God has to understand I got to do this. God has to understand I have to do that. It's almost like taking your spouse or somebody for granted or hey, where you go, oh, they understand, they understand. And you're putting all your energy and everything, everything else, right? 
So God first. And so Matthew 6 uh, is pretty interesting. Uh, we'll just start here in verse 19. Look, it says, lay, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth, where moth and rust moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. It says, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And then uh, if you drop down here to verse 24, it says, No man can serve two masters, either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. That's, you know, money. It says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not life more than meat and the body more than raiment. And if you think about it, we spend a lot of effort or a lot of time away from God in search of accumulating or satisfying these needs. And God's saying, you know, don't spend all your, your energy and your heart worrying for those things. He says, he says, behold, the fowls of the air, they sow not. They don't have the opportunity to give heart seeds. Neither do they reap, nor gather into, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father Feed of them are ye not much better than they. Which of you by taking thought can add one cubic to a statue? Right? It says, and why take ye thought for raiment? Every time it says take ye thought, it's, a, it's, it's saying worry. It says consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. And they toil not. They don't put their heart in anything. Neither do they spin. Yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. One of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith, little heartfelt passion towards the kingdom? This is therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewith? With those shall we be clothed. For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. After all these things what? The clothing, the food, the meat, the, the uh, materials. It says all these things the Gentiles seek. He says, for your heavenly father knoweth that you have need of these things. But seek ye first, give your heart first to the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things, what things? All the things that we think we have to to work so hard chasing the world for we can instead of chasing the things we could chase the king right all right so this is this scripture this passage all the way to 33 is saying don't worry um don't let worry uh push you into into neglecting your investment in the kingdom don't let worry push you into neglecting your investment in the kingdom. Don't let worry push you into neglecting your investment in the kingdom. Store reserves that are ever ready in heaven. Store reserves that are ever ready in heaven. So it says, 
it says, don't store up things on earth, but store up things in heaven. This is where, where your heart, where your treasures, your heart will be. And so the scripture tells us in Ephesians 1, verse 3, it says, I think it's, yeah, I think it's 1, 3. Yeah, 1, 3. It says that you have all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Right? And we always talk about these, these scriptures at church uh, just so they're, 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 they're repetitive for a reason. So we hear them so much, they're our default. So um, storing up things in heaven, I have a reserve in heaven, have all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. When a demand is placed on me in this earth realm, I can pray for it to be on earth as it is in heaven. Same, you know, previous in this chapter, we started at verse 19, but if you go to verse 10, it says, you know, that's for it to be on earth as it is in heaven. So I can pray, I can place, when a demand is placed on me, I place a demand, a, a heartfelt demand on, a, on, on the heaven realm to access all spiritual blessings of heaven places. For a windows of heaven to be poured out, uh, opened up and pour, pouring out blessings, I won't have room enough to receive, if that makes sense to you. So, so, so you know, I, I, when I was meditating on this, I thought about this, each heart investment is a deposit in heaven. So each heart investment is a deposit in heaven. Each heart investment is a deposit in heaven. So, 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 remember I said earlier with Cain and Abel, for me, when I processed through it, it seemed as though God was just neutral. So because Abel made a heart investment by giving his first and his best, it penetrated the earth realm into the heaven realm into the heart of God. God's just being neutral. Cain didn't give his best. He didn't give from his heart. So if you look at it as almost like, uh, remember how David, uh, David was running with that slingshot? And it said he, he, he started to run after Goliath. You remember this year momentum. Remember the momentum teaching. He started to pick up momentum. And while he was running, he pulled that, pulled that rock out, flung that thing with momentum, and the thrust hit Goliath, took him out. But he added, but, 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 but it was heart. It was heartfelt. It was a, it was, he, he was throwing it with all of his heart, Right? So, so, so it's like, you know, uh, so you're teaching for years, for years, I'm sorry, for years of teaching kids sports. So you teach young man basketball and, you know, if he's just starting out, he throw the ball and it barely get to the rim. But he was throwing it, but it never got there. So I think Cain almost took a shot to heaven and, and uh, what, what do we say? Uh, he shot an air ball. <laughs> He said, uh, uh, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a heartfelt seed. Heartfelt seeds are air balls. They never even penetrate heaven. So this is calling God up, say, oh, uh, uh, Lord. Yeah, 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 yeah. How you doing today, Jim? Jim, what's going on, Jim? He says, uh, yeah, Lord, I, you know, I was just calling you up, just seeing how you doing and everything, and uh, it's got a couple questions. Hey, no problem, Jim. How's it, do, how's it going down there? How's it going down there? Well, it's not going so great. Hmm, that's interesting. I haven't heard from you, so I figured everything was going great. <laughs> haven't heard from you in a while. He said, yeah, 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 but uh, Lord, I just have some questions. Uh, now, now, you know, your scripture tells me if I give, you know, so I, you know, I've been giving. And he, so Lord, 
Hold on a second. Hold on, Jim. Jim, hold on a second. You know, because we want to make sure we get the books right here. Uh, now we we ain't saying nothing up here. <laughs> we don't have you on record as having shown anything into the heaven realm. Now, hey, Jim, 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 calm down, calm down. Just a question. Uh, was it heartfelt? Hello, Jim. Can you? Are you still there, Jim? Jim, Jim, did you leave? I can see God having that conversation because we're thinking it penetrated heaven just because we do it. <laughs> but if it, if it didn't cost you nothing, it doesn't have the power to penetrate heaven. You understand what I'm saying? It doesn't have the power. It's not heartfelt. Does that make sense? We got that? Can you see that? So each heart investment is a deposit in heaven, right? Live uh, treasures in heaven. Where your treasure is, there your heart may be also, right? And I think this: your treasure represents your true commitment. Your treasure represents your true commitment. God is not mocked; whatsoever man soweth, that he shall reap, right? So I think you know we talked about that good seed. You know, I think if you sow hard seeds, I think you're gonna get a heart response from God, <laughs> right? Think I think we open up those windows of heaven. We penetrate heaven if we're sowing from our heart. So so ho 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 ho. I hear you. Yeah, I you know I I'm always doing something for the kingdom. Yeah, but how are you doing it? Are you keeping score? Like you are you keeping your stats? Like well, and then and do you have a limit? Like so you know you you keeping your stats and you go well I've done this. Uh, 17 times in a row surely by now okay who's measuring the cost of what God's purposed you to do alright so, so, so are you keeping score are you keeping stats are you doing it for the accolades or are you doing it from your heart see I think when we do stuff from the heart my wife was saying something and we were talking about this uh, this week she was saying how we got lost and given at, lost and serving at the last church I guess that would be lost and given too right uh, and so lately I've been having conversations had a couple conversations because you know you guys are off so you have extra time so extra time means I'm going to be talking to more people because now they have the time to talk you know so, so we're getting random calls and all types of things but, I, but, but these are some blessed calls so one of the calls we were just walking through you know just uh, you know some of the history of, of the different things I had to participate I had to you know, start some stuff build some stuff uh, what the Holy Spirit used me to start stuff, build stuff, reproduce it. And when I started talking about the stuff, I was like, oh my God, like, how was this getting done? And the reason why I didn't know how it was getting done, because we got lost in serving. But we just put our whole heart in it. And I found out, I, actually, I think uh, me and Marcus was having a conversation. And I said, Marcus, I said, I, I think a part of being the, the uncomfortable transition when we left was I probably didn't realize all I was doing. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? But the person, you know, Marcus was like, I think they did. <laughs> he was like, I think they did. But see, that's what I'm saying. You just get lost in service. You ain't keeping score. You let God keep the score. You just pour your heart out. Listen, I'm going to overtake God with, with my heart. <laughs> if there's such a thing. You, know? you understand what I'm saying? So I think, you know, I, I, I thought through that. But let's go to Matthew 22. Let's go on to Matthew 22. And just look at even... Uh, 
what I believe, well, not I believe, because it's in red letters, as you're going to see, what God requires. What God requires. You know, because remember, Jesus was trying to, he showed up to instruct us how to do this thing the right way, right? So, so in Matthew 22, verse 37, well, verse 36 says, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. Now that's not spirit, soul, and body. That's heart, soul, and mind. That's with all your heart and deep within your heart, your soul, and deep within your soul with all your mind. That's with everything you want to love God. That hey, that's some heart seed right there, right? So that's what he's saying. He's saying, now this is the first, this is the first and great commandment. The second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Of these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. What he's saying is the second one is similar because you're going you're gonna to love fulfilling my purpose with all your heart, but you're going to love loving on my people with all your heart too. So you just lost the servant. Heart seeds, right? That's Pastor Mel has said. Heart seeds. Right? So I think your treasure is your true commitment. And so I think, you know, I, I was meditating on this and the degree and level of the commitment you have vested. So the degree and the level of commitment that you have vested. I'm going to take my time because I know I'd be rushing through. And people say, what did he say? Even though you can go, go back and listen to this. Uh, the degree and the level of commitment you have vested in the relationship will determine the degree and the level of a relationship you will have. So the degree that you've vested or invested of giving your heart determines the relationship you have. Like, like, like I'm in a wonderful relationship in my in, in with the Lord. I'm in a wonderful relationship with, with my wife and my marriage. I'm in a wonderful relationship with the Ayers family, Ayers family and friends. But but I give my heart to it. I give my heart to it. Uh, and I and, and I think when you know. You know, we challenge people as they grow as leaders and stuff to, to consider the whole, to be attentive and to pay attention. But sometimes if your heart is just in what's pleasing you, um, that's what you're going to read. People are only going to do what's, what's pleasing to them and they will, may not consider you. See, it's easy to love or to trust when you are loving like Christ loved the church. So it's easy to love and trust when you're loving like Christ loved the church. It's hard to love and trust when you're always looking for what's in it for you. See, see, you can't be trusted and you can't be loved, so it's very hard. But when you love, like he laid down his life. So when you're laying down your life, it's easy to love and trust because you're not worried about losing nothing. Even if they take it, you, you know, you're like, okay, I just count that as seed too. See, so some, some people forfeit committing in their relationships um, a lot of times because they're working for sameness and not oneness. So what I mean by that is somebody's looking for somebody that will make them comfortable in being the same. And so, so they think compatibility is you're supposed to be like me. Not, not I'm supposed to learn you to find out what I don't have and what I need. So to do that, I'm going to have to give my heart. Scripture says a man finds a wife and obtains favor of the Lord. Well, you ain't finding a wife inside that woman without pouring your heart inside of her and flushing out the wife. It ain't happening. Like you're not going to find the wife just uh, 
uh, controlling and breaking and breaking somebody down. The only way you find that wife is you're going to have to give your heart. You know, you have to be willing to be hurt. You're going to have to be vulnerable. And vice versa, like, you ain't going to get that man. You ain't getting that man. You ain't getting him to commit nothing unless you give her yourself. So, you know, and it's, and, and it's, uh, it's interesting because in this process, you're going to go through pain and hurt. Um, you know, even uh, when you, uh, it's amazing when you, I'm, a, I'm saying cut covenant, but that's what it really is. When you cut covenant, there's some initial pain to, to become one. You see what I'm saying? Like, it, guess what? Ooh, ooh, it costs something. <laughs> like, like, but when you go, hey, that cost me discomfort, that cost me pain, and it cost me energy and strength. That's enough. I'm not, really, I'm not willing to give no more. So you're, you're saying there's a limit on what I'm willing to give you, but to get all of you. I'm only going to give you this much of me. This is all I'm risking. But I want all of you, all the time, exclusive, at any time, ever ready. But I'm not giving all of myself all the time, ever ready. We don't do it with God sometimes, and we don't do it in our relationships. We don't even do it in God's house. And, and that's where we, 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 we establish our foundation to calibrate our heart to live this way. This is just a live by faith. We have to live this way where we can give all of our heart to everything we do. And if, if, if someone does not take care of our heart, someone misappropriates our heart, if someone hurts our heart, we have God there to fill in the gap, right? We have God there. We can't protect ourselves, cover ourselves, reserve ourselves enough in this life. We need God to do this thing the right way. All right, so, so, so um, if you are not committed in your thought, mind, and heart, uh, People do not need, uh, people won't need supernatural discernment to notice that. It's easily seen. Like, people don't need discernment to know when you're not committed in thought, mind, and heart. It's you, like you have habits of, 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 of just not being um, present even though you're in the room, right? So, if we want more of God, we will have to be more committed to do more things to draw Him in. If we want more of God, we have to offer our heart to what we're doing, and that draws in God's participation. And this is the thing, like sometimes we 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 uh how could I say we I wanna say counterfeit okay. We front uh commitment, you know. You know, even in, you know, when people start out relationships, they jump into lust and call it love. Not because they're evil, because they maybe don't know, but, but if you allow yourself to be intimate without commitment, you've just been converted from favor to corruption. If you allow yourself to be intimate without commitment, you've just been converted from favor to corruption. So it's just, you know, you come into a relationship, I find a wife and I obtain favor, but if I, if I jump into intimacy without commitment, that same favor I was supposed to get now actually flips over into corruption. Actually lose uh, what I was trying to gain. So we got to ask ourselves, are we sowing heart seeds or head seeds? And we'll get into that next week. Um, but we just got to ask ourselves, you know, what are we sowing? What are we doing? Uh, and 
where I just want to challenge us during this time away, during a, having more time where we can uh, sow some heart seeds. All right, so I'm going to take some time to pray. Uh, I'm going to pray. We'll do, uh, after I pray, we'll do our offering. But while we're doing our offering, you know, if we have any announcements, we'll let Pastor Mel do the announcements. And uh, then we can move on from here with whatever we're going to do for the day here uh, on your Sunday. Uh, but Father God, we lift you up. Uh, we magnify, exalt you. If I get your your time and attention, your heads bowed, those that are either calling in or, or, or watching in, uh, Lord, uh, we ask, Lord, that you, uh, uh, in our time of weakness, says you will be strong. Some of us have been, it's, it's been challenging to give our heart. People have abused our hearts. People have betrayed us. Uh, people have taken advantage, taken our heart for granted. But Lord, uh, you need us to develop the habit of giving all of ourselves. And for where man falls short in appropriating our heart and, the, and our heart seeds, we know you're there to scoop up those seeds and to give us a, a, in a, in a phenomenal heart harvest. Lord, so we just thank and praise you for just uh, your faithfulness to, to, to fill in all the gaps in our life. And Lord, we commit to, uh, to give ourselves heart, soul, and mind in Jesus' name. Amen. Alright, so that's the end of our, our Heart Seeds message for today. We're going to get into, you know, we keep things rolling because we're going we're gonna to have our offering. But Pastor Mel, uh, I believe you have some announcements. So I'm going to ask you, you can go to the website at airscc.org and participate in offering. I know we can't do it like we normally do, but I'm going to pray for the offering here in a few minutes. Um, so, you know, some of you may, may be led to give if you, you can. Uh, you could do that on the website. Uh, it has PayPal there. It has uh, Cash App there. If, uh, you know, you're uncomfortable with those things, then you can, you know, you know, again, we're not at the church, so you could put something in the mail if, you want, if that works better for you. Uh, again, at the church, we don't want people to give out an enticement or begrudgingly. It says God loves a cheerful giver, but, but, not because people have persuaded you. So um, just give as you're led from your heart. It says, it, it says uh, uh, the scripture talks about those that as it purposes in your heart, so give. So give as, it's, as it purposes in your heart. As your heart is moved and led to give. Right? Do it that way. Don't just, you know, that's why we only have one opportunity to give at the church. We don't have a whole lot of um, for any auxiliaries or things of that nature uh, we believe it works out just that way I know I don't spend a whole lot of time talking about it but since we're you know uh, doing this by way of video I thought I'd give you some extra conversation and some extra time to however you gotta do what you gotta do I know it's a little different you know even for us that we're gonna have to uh, uh, with, well my wife has a seed here so we'll, we'll do that but we're actually gonna have to we have to give our tithes online. <laughs> so, so that's going to be a little different for everybody. But, man, I love you guys. I thank, thank and praise you for those that got up on Sunday to check out this message. And um, for those that will see it uh, throughout the rest of the week and those that will go back and take notes and listen to it. Uh, I think this is really going to um, get us stirred up um, because we're looking for a great harvest. And I believe we're going to start sowing some hard seeds. All right, so I'm going to segue to my wife. And then um, I'll come back. I'll come back and close this out in prayer. And then, no, actually, I'll just let Pastor Mel close this out in prayer. 
uh, after the announcement. Uh, actually, uh, you want you wanted to say you wanted us to say something to him. Sure. Yeah, we could do that. All right, so we'll close out after the announcements. Will you come on up here? Your beautiful self. <laughs> Thank you. All right, ladies. Uh, right now we are um, believing to continue to um, uh, move towards one night with the king. Um, we don't have a, a date yet. Right now it's tentative uh, May the 1st uh, and 2nd, but we will uh, be on the lookout in terms of when we'll be, do we'll be doing it. Uh, it is still on... Uh, on the, the calendar to do it, so nothing is going to stop us from having one night with the king. Um, also, Air Force youth, uh, ages 13, 13 through the 19th, join the Air Force leadership team here at Airs every Thursday at 7 p.m. Okay, so, so that's been changed to now we have a conference line, so. That's true. Um, what, I, what we'll do is I, uh, I got, we'll change the information on the website so you'll have the conference line number all the youth of course they're on our our uh, community 